0: just go to cars.com. It's magical. You are now listening to the Pat's Pulpit Podcast. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Pat's Pulpit podcast. The bye week is over. The Patriots are back, hopefully for a strong second half push to the season. I am Alex Shane here, breaking down week 11 in the National Football League with my good buddy, Rich Hill. Rich, how are you? How was your bye week? Did you relax at all? Uh Oh,
1: if it sounds terrible, it's because that's how I feel. Uh, I got I got sick over the bye week, which is basically like getting sick on your vacation. And uh, I wouldn't recommend it. How are you
0: doing, <laughs> Alec? I'm actually doing great. Uh, I, I always appreciate the bye week, especially the later bye weeks, because it gives you a chance just to watch the games without any real pressure about covering the Patriots. My computer was off. And um, what I don't know if you watched any football in your, your downtime while you were sick, but there were some absolutely unre- unbelievable, ridiculous games that took place while the Patriots were home resting to the point where they actually snuck into a playoff spot without doing anything, which is always nice.
1: Yeah, it's true. I mean, there are so many games I saw that just came down to the wire. Uh, you know, overtime game between the Cowboys and the Packers, Lions coming down back from being down like seventeen. Uh it was pretty exciting. Uh even like the Eagles, they got their first loss of the year, so there are no more undefeated teams. Uh it was a pretty, pretty exciting set of games.
0: Uh, unless you're a Raiders fan. <laughs> unless you're a Raiders fan indeed. Uh although and and not to mention the probably game of the year that's true i didn't even in, mention that in bill's vikings i mean i'm thinking like that might be the best regular season game i've ever seen um maybe i'm going thinking back to like the willie mcginnis goal line stand against the colts and two, that was a great game but just fourth and 18 the catch fumbling at the goal line and i mean can't convert the QB sneak and they fumble the snap just absolutely wild finish worked that well for the patriots and for the first time in nfl history i believe if the playoffs started today, the entire AFC East would be in it, including the New York Jets, with the Patriots yeah. play coming up on Sunday. What a yeah.
1: what a twist! It's a, it's very unexpected, especially when like uh, the AFC East is not playing the AFC South. So this isn't the product of them playing the worst division in the entire league. This is just because the AFC East is crazy good. Uh, the Dolphins are now in first in the division. The Bills are third. Uh, They're behind the Jets because the Jets have the head-to-head because the Jets who are coming off of a bye and are the Patriots' next opponent beat the bills the previous week. So the bills are in third place, which is shocking for the team that everyone's like they're the best team in the league and they're still six and three. Um I tip my cap to the the Rams Chiefs game from like three years ago or something like that as being the the best regular season game was like what 54 to 51 or something like that. That was probably the most fun I've ever seen watching a, a neutral game. Uh, but the highlight catches from Stefan Diggs to Justin Jefferson in this Bill's Vikings game. I don't think I can recall a single receiver having a more preposterous day than Justin Jefferson because you know, like, there's a couple catches that you see that are just like, oh, that's like the catch of the their career here. You know, like the element of the Super Bowl, uh, Julio Jones in the same Super Bowl, and then you just see what happened with Justin Jefferson. It's like he had like five catches of that magnitude plus an, a, better, a catch just as good, if not better than the Odell Beckham one, because it was on like what fourth and 18. Like yeah. that was the singular singularly the best receiver day. I think I've ever seen.
0: No, it was unreal. It had an 80 plus yard touchdown run and had lead changes. It was like a 10. It was, it was like 27 to 10 at one point. And again, how, what are the odds that Josh Allen fumbles at the goal line to close the game out? He had to do a sneakies, the biggest strongest quarterback in the league. He has to Just plow forward for two yards Game is over, and then he throws a pick in the end zone. Just unreal. Going mean, to be really tough to tough that one, uh, t- tough to top that one coming into week eleven here. Uh, as I said, as I always say every week, none of these matchups really blow me away on paper. Week eleven, but given the wildness of the NFL this season, I'm sure there are going to be some amazing games in there. The Chiefs-Chargers game on Sunday night could be really good. Bengals-Steelers have potential to be a good game. Raiders and the Broncos both stinks. That's probably going to be an absolute barn <laughs> burner. The Jeff Saturday led Colts are somehow beat the Raiders they're playing the Eagles coming off their first loss uh it's gonna be an interesting one man
1: yeah totally I mean Chiefs Chargers is always a fun game where like no matter how good the Chiefs are and how bad the Chargers are it's gonna go down to the wire and it's in Los Angeles so I like I wouldn't count the Chargers out of winning a wonky one uh the game that I'll be watching are the three and six Browns on the road against the six and three Bills where there's a chance of like five feet Jeez. of snow <laughs> five to six feet of snow and it's just uh I think snow games can either I, I mean, I think pretty universally, they're some of the most fun games to watch, uh, whether it's going to wind up being like a 3-0 game or just like no one can stop the run. But the fact that you have a mobile quarterback like Josh Allen going against Nick Chubb in the Browns, so like this is a game that could probably lead to having both teams with 200 plus yards on the ground. And I, I feel like it could just be like a really fun game to watch for just just uh, it just being so unexpected that the ground game can be that exciting.
0: Oh, totally. I think in the last time the Browns and Bills played when there was this snow was in 07 and it was like 12 to nothing because there was a safety and a bunch of field goals and nothing else. This is the ground game's dream. Definitely psyched for that one. Unfortunately, Rich Hill, the Browns and the Bills play at the exact same time the Jets and the Patriots do. So most of my attention will be on the New England game. Obviously, I'll be going back and forth during the commercials and whatnot. This game is usually, at this point in the season, the Jets are completely out of it. The Patriots are well in control of the AFC East at this point. It's at Gillette, which usually points to an automatic Patriots win because the Jets don't win at Gillette. But the Jets just beat the Bills, as you mentioned. The Patriots have not looked good offensively at all this season. They were able to generate a bunch of turnovers versus Zach Wilson and the Jets the last time these two teams met a couple of weeks ago. I'm not sure if they can, they can duplicate that kind of performance But I think all eyes, we start with the Patriots offense, Rich, all eyes will be on what the Patriots did to adjust. If anything in the bye week if they're able to work on maybe telegraphing plays less, if they maybe worked on their timing, the real question though, of course, is like, how much can you really fix in a single week based on what we've seen so far all season, you know? Yeah, no, totally. And I I think the, I have to believe that, uh, well, I I put a lot
1: of the blame on Matt Patricia and the offensive play calling. Like, Over 80% of the blame. And then the rest of it's on players for just like not executing. But I I think that they need to have done some real big reflection uh, if they're going to do anything. And I have to believe that this was like an above average league offense last year. And for them to have added Devontae Parker and for them to have gotten worse as a result... uh, doesn't pass the smell test and to me there has been a lot of unfortunate turnovers in the red zone that yes mac jones that's entirely mac jones's fault those that's where like those plays cannot happen that if those were scores instead of turnovers maybe we'd be viewing this patriots offense in a different way but that's not what's happened and now they are just a bottom five offense And I don't know if you watched this video uh, that Dan Orlovsky put together on on ESPN. That was actually very insightful into some of the struggles for the Patriots offense. And something that you and I have talked about this whole season is just how disconnected this Patriots offense seems. Where it's like they're they're not building one play from another. They're not trying to establish something to get them with a different play down the road. They're not using like compound concepts uh, to throw defenses off guard. Instead, what they're doing, what Orlovsky highlighted, is that a, the play designs are pretty terrible. That like just like the the route designs, they're they're putting like three Patriots players literally in the same spot on the field, which makes it so easy for defenses to collapse and just you know cover three players with just a couple, and therefore the Patriots are not taking advantage of the whole field. But like the most jarring thing, is that they uh, they're not running routes that match up to what Mac Jones is doing. In the sense that Mac Jones, you know, as a quarterback, you do, you know, three-step, five step, seven-step drop in like some extreme situations. But like they there are certain steps where you go step, 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 and then you throw the ball. And that should be in concert with the routes that the players are doing. You know, like the amount of time that it takes a quarterback to get into their three or five step drop is the amount of time that the receivers should be running their route before they start looking for the ball. And it Orlovsky highlighted multiple times where mac jones was at the top of his drop and there were no receivers looking for the ball they were still moving vertically they were still running down the field and that is just a disconnect from play design and that is from the coaching staff drawing up plays that just don't work like fundamentally they are never going to work and so the patriots essentially have a whole bunch of plays that they just need to throw out and start over again and if they have done that over the bye week uh I hope they did because if they don't, we're just going to get a whole bunch of just soup on offense for the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, I mean this Jets defense is not anything to sneeze at. I mean they they beat the Bills, they held the Patriots to to limited pose- points and possessions when they 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 played last time. The you know, the Patriots defense won it for them. The Patriots defense and Nick Folk. Um, and you have to wonder. I, I did watch that that video, Rich, and you got to wonder how much of it is the coaching staff, which I agree with. But you also, you, you hear all these stories in the offseason of how Kendrick Bourne and Mac Jones are working out together. And there's all this chemistry between the receivers. And I think one of the things that made Tom Brady so great was he was able to kind of find this mental mind meld with Julian Edelman's and Wes Welker's and the Deion Branch. They were always on the same page. They always saw the same thing. And they were able to adjust and pivot as necessary, depending what the defense was giving them from play to play. And it seems like basically they have a play, like they're going to try and run it. No one's running it all on the same page, and it doesn't work, and so it's either like a sack or a check down to Ramondre Stevenson for a couple of yards, and that's and that's the, the way the Patriots are trying to move the ball. Uh, against the Jets, though, do you see them going back to just pound the ball with Ramondre Stevenson and then open up the play action, are you going to try and air it out against this really strong secondary? What's your strategy for winning the game against the Jets offensively?
1: Yeah, you you got to have that balance because, like to your point, this is a very strong Jets defense, and the way that the Patriots beat them last time uh, was with that balance. You know, they they only had like 161 through the air, but 127 on the ground. But a lot of that was because they benefit from a lot of those turnovers. So they didn't have as much opportunity to move the ball down the field. I think what the Patriots need to do uh, is really hope that Devontae Parker can return because uh, Taquan Thornton is not it uh, right now. You know, he he's still extremely young, but all of his snaps need to go back to Parker and having the trio of Parker Myers and Bourne out there, pretty much every snap, And then you have Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith kind of either sharing the tight end spot or, you know, taking Kendrick Bourne off when you need to have two tight ends on the field. That is what you need to do. You need to get your best players on the field and uh, you know, they're not going to win heads up every single snap, but the way that the, this offense is built on the Patriots, is that they have, you know, four or five players that can maybe not beat your number one. Like I'm not expecting them to beat Sauce Gardner in the secondary, but I think that the Patriots number three and number four are definitely stronger than the Jets number three and number four. And that just comes down to who and which players are the Jets going to focus on covering, and that should hopefully, you know, make a lot of space for Jacoby Myers underneath, uh, who Mac Jones has been showing a lot, like a very strong reliance and rapport with, uh, maybe overly so. And then maybe that'll open up things underneath for Hunter Henry up the scene. But I, I think that the Patriots just need to be have like just an offensive line execution so Mac Jones can find those players because so much of the challenge in recent weeks has been just, uh, Mac Jones looks at Jacoby Myers and then the pressure is there. So he has to dump it off to Ramondre Stevenson. And that's literally all he's able to do from going through his reads.
0: No, it is. And again, it goes back to the timing of the receivers, you know, how the receivers aren't even turning to look for the ball when Mac Jones finishes his drop and gets ready to uh, unleash the throw. And I think that will also come down to how much more protection he's able to have Um, from my offensive X factor, David Andrews, who is back at practice this week. Hopefully he will be starting. I do think that'll make a big difference in the offensive line chemistry as a whole. The blocking schemes, maybe Cole Strange will get back on the schneid. I feel like Cole Strange with and without David Andrews are two different players, which makes sense. He's a rookie. It's a very fast game. But David Andrews really was instrumental in Cole Strange's amazing kind of first third of the season as a rookie. So hopefully David Andrews is back. He is fully ready to go because the Jets' defensive pass rush also does to sneeze at. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void or prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Yeah,
1: totally. No, I like that. I mean, Andrews is such a game changer because when he's, on the field, the Patriots have, you know, three offensive linemen that they can really trust. They have Andrews, they have Onwenu, and they have Trent Brown. And Trent Brown, give or take, is like a solid player. He's not a world beater, but he's very solid. Onwenu, best offensive lineman on the team. Andrews is very good. And the way that they get lined up is that Andrews gets to help Cole Strange. Uh, and that way, Onwenu can help the right tackle, whether it's Isaiah Wynne or Cajuste or whoever it's going to be. When Andrews is not able to go and they have to put in Ference, uh, that creates a very glaring weak spot, because uh, who's going to help in between the left guard and the center? Because both Strange and Ference need help. <laughs> and if he aren't able to provide that then uh, Mac Jones is going to be facing the historic level of pressure that we've been talking about. So I think that's completely right. I think the entire offensive line is the X factor for this team because they've been putting together some of the worst performances I've ever seen uh, a Patriots offensive line put together. And we've seen them led by Dave Guglielmo. And uh this is up there with as bad as they've been. So Uh, I will also say the entire offensive line. But if I can't copy you perfectly, then I'm going to go with the the tight ends here. Uh, I'm going to go with Hunter Henry. And like, I know we have Jadu watch. I'm going to go with Hunter Henry on this one, because I think that Henry has been utilized as kind of more of the inline blocker. He's been helped try to give a little bit more support to the right tackle. um, And that is an area that he's, you know, that generally not great at. But he has to both help whoever is playing at right tackle and produce a little bit more. Because I, I think when I when I see how the Patriots played the Jets last time, and like you can just look at the numbers, like Ramond Stevenson had 143 yards, uh, in including like seven targets for 72. Jacoby Myers had 13 targets. Uh John Smith was the next highest with four targets. Like there was not a third receiver that was elevated against this jets team. And so it was just Myers and Stevenson. And so there there has to be a third player that can step up against this jets team. And I I believe that the Patriots with their tight ends make the most sense.
0: Particularly in the red zone where the Patriots have really, really struggled. They got to get touchdowns. Nick Fole cannot be carrying the scheme offensively. It's just, it's a travesty that that's the case, particularly considering how often the Patriots have such good field position to start with courtesy of an elite defense that is keeping them in this game, these games, I should say. I do expect a much – Tough, a tough road to hoe for Zach Wilson. The Patriots gave him fits last time. I don't think he'll throw as many picks, and he won't give as, uh, as good a day to Devin McCourty as he had. That was probably the easiest day Devin McCourty's ever had <laughs> as, a, as a safety. But I do see the Patriots getting to Zach Wilson early and often. I do see them limiting the run game, and I do see them forcing Wilson to make plays by extending it with his arm and his legs and forcing him the mistakes. So that's what the Patriots do best. In terms of between this week and last match that these two had, Rich, do you see the Jets trying to take any kind of different offensive approach to, to kind of stymie the Patriots defense or they just not capable with the weapons they have and the injuries they have to get over that hump? I mean, that's a
1: great question. I, I, I personally think that they don't necessarily have that capability. Uh, you, you look at how they've like picked up their yards. So much of it was just in garbage time. Uh, but like they do have some talent out there. I, I think that uh, Tyler Conklin surprised me a lot with how uh, consistent and reliable he was. But that also leads to, like, okay, who are the Patriots going to have? Uh, Because that was a game that Kyle Duggar was not available to play. And so if Duggar is able to go, like, would he remove that tight end problem that the Patriots had? And then, like, Garrett Wilson was great. A lot of it did come during garbage time. Same with that huge Denzel Mims catch. So, like, I think that the Patriots did a great job. uh, And I, I would expect the Patriots to try and replicate it. Uh, because the Jets are so extraordinarily reliant on their rushing attack, so Brees e. Hall is out for the year. Michael Carter has been been uh, taking up the mantle, so uh, Carter is going to be the guy in the engine of the Jets' offense. If the Patriots are able to beat them, uh, they're going to have to do that again because uh, you you look at how the Jets have been performing uh, over you know since Zach Wilson returned from his injury, and so they they've been five and one in their past six games that are lost against the Patriots. In uh, four of their five wins, they had pretty big yards on the ground 135 against the Dolphins, 179 against the Packers, 155 against the Broncos, 174 against the Bills. And so, to me, I feel like the Patriots need to say, okay, the game has to go into Zach Wilson's hands. Like, it has to. And so, the Patriots should uh, hopefully get a boost from uh, Christian Barmore being out there. Uh, and I'd say that the Patriots are going to want to you know, try to focus on the run. And I think that's just simply the Jets' identity that, like, they have to establish the run or they're going to struggle because Zach Wilson isn't really the guy. And so I, I think that is the, the challenge for the Jets is, like, should they keep it up? Should they keep running it because they have to? Or should they recognize that the Patriots are going to sell out to stop the run and try and get, uh, you know, Garrett Wilson super involved?
0: important to keep in mind you got to remember the pages weren't at, even at full strength defensively last time against the Jets that's a good point it, it didn't really seem that way because the defense handled the Jets offense so so easily but uh you know at home with Kyle Duggar returning I think it's it's very hard to overstate how important he is to this this team in terms of the bridge he creates between the linebackers the defensive line and the safety secondary guys uh, having him out there against the tight end that's a really really good point which I had hadn't even thought about that I actually forgot that Duggar was out against the jets that gives even more confidence going into this the real question of course also is you know we think about this time last year and we were kind of in the opposite scenario where the Patriots had rattled off was it seven straight yep. the offense looked great they were making stops on defense they had just taken out the bills in that wild monday night game where mac jones threw three passes they had a nice week off and then down they went lost four of their last five or five of the last six whatever it was and and barely made the playoffs so the patriots have in years past come out of the bye a little flat a little sluggish uh i think this is as close to a a must win game as you're going to get coming out of the bye in week 11 because after this jets game they have a brutal stretch of games four i think it's four straight primetime ones uh, and on top of the the talent level they're going to go up against so a real question for me is you know can this defense hopefully hold them enough to any kind of bi-week rust, any kind of bi-week urgency they have to find, uh, can they can they sustain that and, and make sure that they're not going to come out of here with a loss? I think a loss dropping to 5-5, five and five, given the schedule they have, uh, could be a death knell. Oh,
1: totally. I mean, especially coming out of it, they have their four primetime games in a row. Uh, that's that they need to get this win against the Jets, especially in Foxborough. Uh, my X factor going into this the one that like, I completely agree. They need to keep their spark. I go to Judon. Uh, Judon fell off the, the horse at the end of last year where, you know, he was dealing with COVID. He was getting sick. He just vanished and he has to have a strong ending to this year because he's been so crucial to this strong performance but I will also throw in Dietrich Wise and Josh Uche. Uh, Wise played 92% of the snaps against the Jets last time. He was crucial to stopping the run, but also he got five pressures on the, on Zach Wilson there. Judon had four. Uh, Uche had a great game against the Colts before the bye, uh, but he also added two pressures on his own. I think those trio of pass rushers need to make Zach Wilson extraordinarily uncomfortable in the pocket, but where they need to be their best. Is in, uh, just gap responsibilities. The, the way that the Patriots always fall apart with their campaign is if these pass rushers are too aggressive and it's definitely more of a Judon problem than a Dietrich Wise problem. But if these trio of edge players can keep their gap integrity and make sure that the Jets don't get any, like any spark from their run game or any spark from, you know, uh, Zach Wilson escaping the pocket, then I think that this Jets offense is just going to evaporate.
0: Yeah, here's hoping. That's a big matchup in our favor in front of New England up front like that. Uh, I'm going to make a pretty easy and not actually X-factor, X-factor prediction, just based on the historical impact of it. (laughs) And what happened last time these two teams played and I go with Devin McCordy as my x-factor uh one more pick and he is the, the league leader in interceptions historically he has 34 I believe right now we're 33 he's one away from sitting that alone it'd be great after getting those two easy ones against Wilson to get one more against Wilson to really put him over the top and put him in that number one spot and plus he's the guy if you want to print the deep shot down the field he's the one you want to go to is the deep safety I'm hoping we're in a situation where the Jets are down by a couple points they need a lot of yards quickly and Wilson's forced to air it out a little bit and McCourty McCordy will be there to not only stop the play, but get one more pick and move him up to the, the sole member of the pick club at number one. Yep. Love that. I
1: mean, always, always here for McCordy having a, a good outing. Cause I feel like as he's in his final years here, it's like very clear. He's not like the McCordy of old, but he still has got some juice. Um, and I'm hoping that the, the return of Duggar will actually like help him be able to execute at that higher level. Uh, and so I think that the Patriots are in a good spot here.
0: Uh, Alec, do you have any other thoughts or do you want to go into predictions? Nope. Let's do this predictions. It is Jets-Patriots. Uh, let's see. Last week, I had them winning 24-10 to over the Colts. You had 33-17. Uh, I guess I'm a little closer because it's 26-3, yep. so I will go first here. Uh, I always thought the Patriots would sweep the Jets this season, and I'm going to stick with that prediction. They are going to sweep the Jets this season. It might not be as lopsided as it was last time. They're both coming off by, so they both had two weeks to prepare here. But I like the Patriots at home. The Jets just don't seem to beat the Patriots at home. It's kind of how they roll. I think Patriots take this something along the lines of 21 to 16.
1: 21 to 16. All right. Well, I uh, I think that the Patriots are going to win this one, too. I think it'll be a little bit more of a high-scoring affair. I don't think the Patriots will lock down the Jets' offense as much. But I also feel like uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put out a big swing here that the Patriots are going to have their first game without a turnover on offense. Whoa. Yeah. And so I'm going to go with the Patriots winning this one, uh, 27 to 24 on a lake like Nick Folk field goal. Uh, but I think it'll be a little bit closer than the, the first round, but I expect the Patriots have a little bit better offensive production.
0: I will gladly take a late, a late Nick Folk field goal. Cause that's what he's supposed to do. Win games late, not carry the entire offense. So I'd be happy to see that as long as they win. Like I said, this is a must win game for them. I'm applying it a must win game because this is the last one o'clock game. We're going to see for a while. So uh, we should all enjoy it while we can yeah totally well
1: all right well we will recap this game next tuesday alec do you have any final thoughts as we embark
0: into the post buy stretch
1: of the patriots season
0: No, man hopefully we have some good news report and we can keep the positivity going a little more it's been kind of negative over the past couple weeks for good reason but maybe this is a good chance to get more positive
1: all right well until next time alec you have a good one you too buddy see ya later